Sometimes it takes a lifetime. I looked in the full-length mirror and patted my dress around my curves, quite different from the curves I'd once had. Those curved in. These curve out, if you know what I mean. I just washed my hair so it was still nice and bouncy. My husband peered around me, trying to get a view of his collar so he could get his tie straight. I set it right for him and we trudged out to the car. I was extra careful in my low-heeled shoes. I shouldn't with my unsteady gait, I know. But one looks so underdressed without a bit of heel and I'd be sitting most of the time, so I should be okay. It was to our great-granddaughter's wedding reception we were going. It was quite grand and because of our seniority, we were treated like rare and precious porcelain. The two young ones were a delight to watch as they held hands and swanned around the room, greeting everybody, looking back at each other with so much love. How wonderful to be so young! The bridegroom insisted he wanted us to meet someone special. His nana, the senior-most member of his family. She'd been briefly married to his great-granddad, and he'd got along very well with Nana as a boy. And though Grandpapa died and Nana remarried, they'd stayed close. He wanted us all to meet and to become friends since we were all great-grandparents. He said he'd bring her around to us and it was a relief to me that I didn't have to go teetering through the hall on those heels looking for some old lady. He bounded off and in a while I saw him leading his Nana across. She was tall and held herself erect, perfect hair and gleaming nails, dressed in a simple burgundy pantsuit which looked magnificent against her translucent skin. A string of pearls glowed palely at her neck. She must be his grandmother, I thought, or she married a much older man, for her movements had the confidence of a younger woman's. She looked posh and stately, floating in a bubble of elegance. My husband hauled himself out of his chair, and so did I. Even at a distance, she seemed to warrant such a gesture. She was subtly made up, muted lipstick, blusher, and a hint of something around the eyes, making me wish I'd made more effort myself than just pulling on my dress and pushing on my shoes. She approached with both hands extended, and as I stepped forward, she exclaimed in an enthusiastic voice, What a wonderful happy day this is for me, and for you too, I'm sure, to watch these two young things start off on their joyful journey together. Hello, hello, nodding at my husband as her hands were still entwined with mine. I'm Serena. She must have felt me start because she looked back at me. I explained quickly. It's not a common name and I knew a Serena once when I was a young girl. But that would have been well before your time. Oh, she said, I've never known another Serena. Where was it you grew up? So I told her. Her face went still as she gazed at me probingly. What 
What's your name, my dear? I told her, and she put her hands on my cheeks and gazed deep into my eyes and said in a voice filled with awe, Little Helen, I can't believe I'm seeing you again after all these years. Tears filled her eyes and overflowed and she clasped me tight to her pantsuited bosom. I just stood there like a sack of potatoes, more completely gobsmacked than I could imagine. I made an effort to pull myself together, but not with much success, I confess. I belatedly introduced my husband, and the two young ones were just over the moon with delight. Who could have imagined we'd already be old friends? This was too precious for words. We settled down in a comfortable trio, or at least the other two seemed comfortable. She was the warmest and most generous creature and patted me lovingly as if she were my big sister. She had so many memories and recounted them in such a funny way that my husband was gasping with laughter. There wasn't a spot of my childhood mischief that she'd missed. It was just a warm blast of nostalgia. But I was still dazed, still trying to wrap my head around it. Looking at this vivacious, glamorous woman, full of energy and barrel loads of charm, and trying somehow to merge that with the old memories I had of Serena. The two were just not coalescing. They were oil and water, north and south poles on a magnet. The two Serenas just couldn't be brought together in my head. It was almost 60 years ago I'd known her. But could it possibly be the same person? I was totally and utterly and most convincingly flabbergasted. You see, growing up, our neighbourhood wasn't what anybody would have called plush. But Serena's family was particularly badly off. We all got by on less. They got by without. Everyone helped, but no one had much to help with. She was two years older than me. A quiet, mousy girl with dull brown hair in two stringy plaits. Her clothes and shoes always on the verge of falling apart. I'm not being snooty. Mine were only marginally better. She spoke softly and rarely never laughed, never drew attention to herself and nobody gave her the time of day. I was a chirpy, enthusiastic kid and took part in every school activity. Drama, debates, choir, sports, book club, art appreciation, marching band, library volunteer, history club. You couldn't start a new society but I'd join it. And at the risk of sounding immodest, I was a raving beauty. Lustrous brown hair, perfectly arched brows which never needed to be shaped, animated face and slender and curvy in all the right places. We walked to school and back together, Serena and I, for we lived on the same street. But we were too different to become true friends. We chatted, mostly me doing the chatting and Serena doing the listening, or dropping an occasional word of caution in my madness. She never seemed to have any stories of her own. 
She must have finished school two years before me because for all her personal dullness, she was academically bright. I myself finished school and took myself off to college. Life became hectic and studies, marriage, career, babies and grandchildren filled the various stages of my life. I lost touch with Serena. We'd never really had much in common. She was too reserved. I was too much of an extrovert. The brutal truth here is that I never even thought of her. In the decades that followed, I'd sporadically get news of her. Mostly to say she was getting married, or divorced, or remarried, or widowed. It became a kind of joke. Her how manyth marriage was this? Had she reached double figures as yet? Did she still wear white and have church weddings? Or was it hop in and out of a registry office in a pale lavender suit and a taxi waiting with the meter ticking? Vicious, I know. But there were five or six marriages, so you can't blame people for talking. Nobody from the old days ever met her, but news would invariably filter back. And you could depend on someone to ask, why on earth would so many men want to marry her? Nasty. Very nasty. But she was still catching and marrying men when the rest of us were putting our teeth into a bowl of water at night. I maintained a politic silence out of a sense of loyalty. But even I was shocked by the sheer number of marriages and remarriages. This wasn't the trial room at the local dress shop. What on earth was the matter with her? Plus... She was older than me, as I said. And I can tell you, I'm no longer any raving beauty, even if I still don't shape my eyebrows. And if anyone mentions the word slender in my presence, I feel slightly sick, so please don't. So the unavoidable question had been, how was she still reeling them in? I had the answer to that now, didn't I? The ugly duckling and the swan, or the creepy caterpillar and the butterfly, had nothing on my two Serenas. She was beautiful and charming and the furthest thing from her former self. And it was completely unfathomable. We met often after that and I heard all about her life and all those marriages and the difficulty of holding on to her dignity knowing people were laughing at her. But they weren't in her shoes, were they? I flushed with guilt, but was also grateful I'd kept apart from the crowd. One has to admire what she's made of herself and how she kept the faith despite all the backsliding on the journey. And how she looks. I'm just amazed at how she looks. I don't deny it one bit. When you look at her, you don't notice her age at all. Only her warm and loving nature, her kindness and generosity, and you can't help being enveloped by it. She admires the stability and solidity of my life and what I've made of it and waves away my moans about my disgraceful rotundity, describing it as a reflection of the happiness I've been so fortunate to enjoy all these years and so never to begrudge it. So, after these many long years, 
Little Helen and Serena have finally found each other again in the strangest way and really become best buddies after all. Sometimes it just takes a lifetime.